0: did you watch
1: so i kind of mentioned this to you is i've been watching slasher Mm -hmm. on netflix Mm -hmm. and it was a complete roller coaster i was watching season three i haven't watched the other two seasons i don't know why did you start with season three it's an anthology so okay so so it doesn't matter makes sense yeah i think i enjoyed it at the end okay and i was so wrong on who the murderer yeah. was, that I I was actually really happy. I was like, man, I was com- I was dumb.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Did the twist rival that of uh, Harper's Island?
1: I, I haven't watched Harper's Island. Have so you I not? Don't...
0: Did we not watch that together?
1: No, we haven't watched it.
0: Oh god, I've watched it like six times probably. I
1: know we've we, we've talked about watching it eventually. It's so bad. I, I think I, you'd enjoy it. I cannot. I, I think you'd I probably enjoy would. the
0: heck out of it.
1: I don't know whether it rivals Harper's Island okay. or not. Okay. It was really pretty, like, the the surprise was both there the entire time, so it made sense, but also surprising. Okay. And I was like, wow, good on them. And I don't know if it was because I thought I had figured it out, and then I thought I had been verified by accidentally spoiling myself online that I didn't see the other, like, I didn't see the actual uh... person happening or not. But when the surprise came, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. All right, fair okay. enough. That's good. That is the murder. I thought early on it was very frustrating because most of the characters were terrible. However, they killed off all of those ones pretty quick and then went on to kill everyone else. So I was like, oh dang, okay, we did kill characters I enjoy eventually, good. which was also it was like it was sad, but I was like, man. They were not afraid to just murder everyone.
0: Seriously, people got to be okay with murder. I mean, I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've accepted it and you do, you need to too.
0: Writers got to kill their darlings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their darlings are fully fledged characters or maybe even human beings.
1: Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I you would did. I think I would recommend it.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Just if if you're looking for a good time and a lot of a lot of the messaging was way heavy-handed. mm Mhm. And that portion was like, eh, maybe. And mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know that they sucked the landing on any of their themes, but the actual mystery and the kills were all pretty dang unique. Okay. So okay. if that's kind of the thing you enjoy, I definitely skipped a kill. I just was like, I'm going to skip this next three to five minutes because I don't need to watch it. Fair. And there might be a few moments of that. Okay. So I watched that, watched Slasher. Uh, We watched Lights Out.
0: We did. We watched Lights Out together. My Mm -hmm. second viewing. Your first viewing.
1: I hadn't seen it before. What do you think watching it the second time?
0: Second time, I feel like... I think the first time I left it more impressed because of its execution Mm -hmm. of the themes that are in it, Um, and the first time I left it just feeling refreshed by the fact that I hadn't seen capable protagonist in a horror movie for a very long time at the time that i was watching this back in 2016
1: mm-hmm. maybe
0: 2017 um whenever it was it came out for the first time now having seen a lot of horror in the meantime having seen a lot of development in the meantime of the horror genre i feel like it's not as refreshing or new and the dialogue of, cl- of course is clunky plot wise it's like meh but i felt like thematically it strikes home and again I i just love protagonists that think of things that even i wouldn't Think of,
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, smart protagonist.
0: Yeah. What about you? What were your thoughts? First, first time viewer.
1: Yeah, first time viewer. So I think what was really cool about it was what they already had in the short film, which is just that structuring of scare, mm-hmm. which I just was like, man, that's really cool to see something that has never been utilized, mm-hmm. as far as I know, uh, that specific light on light off technique. Like that was just that was just really cool.
0: Yeah, and I feel like. It definitely has been utilized before, but never to, to such an extent. Like, right. a thing where, like, you turn the lights off and you see somebody turn the lights on and it's gone. Like, Hereditary does it at one point where she flicks the lights on and off a few times and, and the ghost keeps appearing. Mm. Um, but that came out after this. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is unique in the fact that it sticks to it for extremely long takes. Yes. it'll just keep going for, like, a dozen flicks on and off.
1: Yeah. Which is and, great. And I just... I mean, hats off to having a rule and just going with it. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was a really cool thing. And also it made it interesting to think about afterwards because like those times that it was turned off, for me I'm like, well, like when they they had turned on the light switch but then the uh, the, like demon herself turned it off. Mm -hmm. Like she was having to go through excruciating amounts of pain to turn it off to Mm. be like in the light Mm. and that was just kind of an interesting Interesting. thing to be able to like be like oh yeah that's a cool part of this world
0: yeah they did a good job of establishing the rules of the world ahead of time like in the very first couple pages of the script probably and then they didn't change anything they didn't they didn't introduce anything new except for the black light yep and the black light even itself makes sense when you think about the rules of the world so yeah that was i think really well done that way
1: yeah overall like the The film quality of it was held back by it being it's 10 years old at yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, so, it's not
0: 10 years old. Oh, no? It's like three years old.
1: It's only, oh, yeah, it was 2016, huh? I think so. Okay, well, then I think it was lacking a little bit. Yeah. The actual yeah. cinematic language yeah. of it.
0: I mean, it's extremely average in everything, I think, except the thematics of the plot itself. The dialogue's clunky. The acting's meh. The The production value's meh. There's a lot of things about it that aren't amazing, yeah, and yet it still, I think, I think it still endures.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I heard a little quote when I was listening to My Favorite Murder, my podcast that I like so much, just came out with a book, and on their book tour, they read passages from their book, and I need to actually read the book. I haven't actually read it, but I listened to some excerpts from it, and one of them was um, talking about things that therapists have said to them, and one of the quotes really stuck out. To me, which is that um, our brains are really good at telling us scary stories in relation to anxiety um, and depression and things like that and mental illness. But specifically, I think anxiety and I think us two can certainly relate to that because, you know, even just the plane flying too close overhead and then immediately my first thought is, oh, what if it's going to crash? That's a scary story right there. But I also thought it related to us and this podcast really specifically Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we are really good at telling ourselves and each other scary stories. Yeah. You know, weekly for this podcast, but also kind of on the daily. Right. it's just part of our lives.
1: I thought mm-hmm. that was something to share with you. Yeah. I like it. I like it as a quote. Yeah, it's very true. Like these, the pitches that I at least pitch on here are the ones that I'm like, okay, these are the ones I've put thought into, mm-hmm. but those are like one of 10 different things that I think of over the course of a week.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Most of
1: them aren't as fun or interesting. <laughs>
0: exactly. I feel like a lot of the ones, a lot of the ones that I have pitched on here and that I think of in my daily life are literally just taking my own anxieties and taking them to an extreme. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm scared about in- inherited mental illness and things. So let me make that into a ghost story because that's its like extreme version, storytelling version of it. Um, or self-discovery or whatever like uh feeling like you don't know who yourself is and taking that to an extreme um with all good things are wild and stuff like that i feel like Mm -hmm. horror in so many ways is just taking our own anxieties to the farthest possible storytelling point
1: absolutely yeah 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 i'm i'm thinking because this this one that i'm doing today Mm -hmm. is actually it's not the the actual so there's there's sort of two components to it one is the actual scare factor, which is not something I'm afraid of. Like, it's not something that I think is going to happen or is really that that scary. But the thing lurking underneath, which is actually more of anger or resentment mm. that I feel... It was interesting kind of working on this one because the the fear itself isn't necessarily the driving factor as much as the feelings mm-hmm. that come from, from it, this own thing.
0: Right. Interesting. Well, we can jump into it in a second, but before we do that, we should say, this is Jump Scare the Podcast.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And what do we do here?
0: We pitch and develop an original horror concept every week, uh, basically creating a, an audio treatment for you, as we break down this entire script into a feature, or sometimes into other forms of media, which mm-hmm. is exciting. I'm Casey, and I'm Olivia.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, that thing that for a hot second I was like, "Oh yeah, let's move on to the pitches," and then went, "Wait,
1: <laughs> we haven't.
0: We had have 100% literally said earlier that we need to introduce the podcast because yeah. we forgot.
1: We don't always do it. We forget." <laughs> We'll leave, you, we'll leave it up to you to go back through the episodes and figure out which ones we failed on.
0: We'll leave it to you to figure out what podcast you're listening to as you're listening to it, though chances are you probably queued this up, downloaded it on purpose, started listening to it on purpose, so I don't know how necessary it is for us to uh, tell you while you're listening to it, but...
1: Yeah, this is on you.
0: If you don't know by now...
1: Tune in Turn up Turnip. Turnip.
0: Okay. Now that we've gotten that out of the uh, blah, blah, blah. now that we've gotten that out of the way. You ready? Yeah. All righty. I'm really excited to do nothing this episode except listen, and then give my feedback.
1: Yeah. Because I
0: was so excited about last week's pitch that I have since completely. I feel like I'm out of creative energy entirely, and for a hot second today, I was like, "Oh shit! In a week, I need to pitch something."
1: Mm-hmm. Well. I'll give you some creative energy coming from me,
0: Thanks. Uh, and then I'll you can
1: it. chill out for a little bit longer, and then you'll have to say something okay. next week, oh. but for Go. now, it's Go. my turn. Go. Okay, so before I start, there will be a link in the description to a video that's a little bit of homework. So everybody can go watch it really quickly. It's a Nat Geo video <laughs> that will help explain what my what the basis of my scare is. I'll also give an explainer, so if you just enjoy me versus Nat Geo, fair enough. But that's a little bit of extra I certainly do. Oh, I think.
0: You're welcome.
1: But you can go listen to that, you cannot. Either way, let's get going. Here, I'll read you I wrote actual little character description. Okay. I'll read them to you really quickly. Maybe it'll be helpful. Maybe it won't. I don't care. Uh, Parker, uh, she's looking for a smidge of excitement before she starts the rest of her life. Marty, the only one cautious enough to not immediately accept drugs from a stranger. Kay, no newcomer to adversity. She'll sacrifice what she has to to keep going. And then Dodge, uh, nickname comes from the fact that he dodged the draft, but a free thinker, he is not. His parents just have enough money. Okay. Okay. So, those are our characters, uh, two guys, two girls. Solid. hmm All righty. So, my film opens up with a group of four driving up to San Francisco. Okay. Who arrive in Haight-Ashbury in their station wagon, looking for the experience of a lifetime.
0: Okay, is this a period period piece? Yep. Oh, another one.
1: All right. It's the peak of the summer of love. And the hate is buzzing with (laughs) excitement and hippie counterculture. Okay.
0: We're back into counterculture too.
1: Let's go. I can't get enough. I just like rebels. The crew quickly settles in on a small grassy area and set their tents up to camp out. While setting up, they look around at the environment, and clearly this town has seen better. There are people everywhere, garbage everywhere, and surprisingly, A good number of armed police officers walking around. So that night, we're just going to kind of skip to that night. They set up, they do whatever they're going to do, and then they go out to party. That night, they meet a cool dude named Leo. And they just start chilling with him.
0: Is that the name of the guy from that 70s show who always sells some weed?
1: Probably. It's him. Okay, cool. It's just him. Cool. We're going (laughs) to hire the actor and then age him down. It's going to be really I'm expensive. ready. I'm excited. It's gonna be so expensive. Leo, you know, he, he's a cool dude, they think. Uh, and he makes a couple of promises. He says, you know, while you're here, you're going to experience great bands, fun dancing, decent sex, and the best feeling drug that no one has heard of yet. And he shows them uh, what looks like a little mushroom or fungi. And he kind of describes it to him. And what he says is like, oh, it's a member of the cordycep fungal family, uh, and that it's the strongest psychedelic that uh, they can get on the market at this time.
0: I'm trying to figure out at which point the Nat Geo video comes into play, and I can't tell if so far it's about the Hate ashbury somewhere of love, or if it's about the fungus. I'm guessing it's about the fungus.
1: Who knows? It's the <laughs> real mystery here. Parker, who... Uh, at the moment is kind of our lead protagonist, is a little bit hesitant. Marty uh, refuses it altogether, but Kay and Dodge are like, let's do it. Uh, And So they take them and Parker is talked into it. Uh, So they they take the drugs, Marty doesn't, and the night erupts into a psychedelic fantasy. It's fast, it's blurred, it's wild, and it looks like a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. So they're all having a good time which all culminates in the next morning as the group rises from their tents, greets a new day, and is in rough shape. Mm-hmm. They're all feeling it. Well, all but Marty, uh, who, unfortunately for everyone else, is a morning person. Ah, uh. Cool. The three, they're like feeling pretty bad, but you know they're, they're going to start their day and have a good time. It's their second day in, so they, they can't be having a rough time yet. Mm-hmm. But as the day progresses... Dodge especially starts to feel worse and worse until the point where he starts uh, actually like he he's like I can't move I just I need somewhere that's like a cool like damp climate it's it's so dry I need I need water and he's just nonstop demanding that he needs water
0: <laughs> is he turning into a fungus is he turning into a fungus you're free- turning into a fungus
1: you will freaking see fine. I'll explain it in a minute okay so <laughs> so he he eventually starts actually like spitting out blood uh, like he's he's really having a really hard time and so they set him down but then all of a sudden one of them notices something on Kay's back actually it's underneath her back in the underneath the skin She they see something moving maybe even something growing <laughs> Kay, for a moment, pulls out her knife. She's like, you know what? I'll cut it. I'll cut it out. Like, what the hell is happening to me? And Marty sh- chimes in and goes, guys, we might all be hallucinating. Uh... Let's maybe chill out. You know, who knows? And they're like, wait a second, but you're seeing it. And he's like, you know what? But maybe I was drugged. I don't know. Like, this could be really bad. Let's not do this. And so they put away the knife. And then they turn back to Dodge, and he's gone. Uh... And they go oh, shit, we need to find him. Mm -hmm. And so we continue through as they're searching for him. They're not finding him. And so they say, you know what? We need to figure out what was in those drugs. We need to find Leo. They eventually track him down. And they're like, Leo, what's going on? One of our friends is gone. And then he notices Kay's back. And he goes, wait, that's not right. That shouldn't be there. Oh, shit. And so... At this point, I'll kind of talk to you about cordyceps, okay? Which I think it, it uh, which is the video to go watch, and is the basis of this. Which is that do you know cordyceps at all? No. Okay, so they are they are a fungi that in forests they will release their pollen, and their pollen will go and take over ants' bodies and they will go and they will they will be forced to walk to a wet damp place and then they will they will do what's like a death bite so they'll just like bite onto the ground and they'll stay there and then the fungi will grow out of them ah. and then the creepiest part is then this stem will break out of the be- back of their body mm-hmm. and will release more pollen
0: and do it all over again yes okay
1: and so that is happening to Kay.
0: So, ha- has this ever happened in real life? Like, does this, no. does this work on humans? No. Okay. No. It reminds me of, there's an episode, I think it's a season three opener of ha- Hannibal, the TV show? Mm-hmm. Um, and Hannibal was fucked up. I can't believe I watched all of it, but there were some episodes that were just impossible to watch. Maybe it was season two opener. But they find a series of bodies that have been buried in the forest with mushrooms growing out of the bodies. And they are uh, uncovering the crime scene of all these murdered bodies and find that they've all been hooked up to IVs and realize that they were kept alive as they were turned into these gardens for mushrooms to grow out of them. And one of them is still alive.
1: Oh, Jesus. And it's
0: horrifying, but like it's very similar to this in that actual fungus growing in their bodies
1: that's horrible yes okay no no this this has not happened there are like I think it's like 600, six hundred six thousand different various uh, varieties right of uh, of cordyceps right but no none of them have taken over humans or anything okay okay because okay. Uh, that would be crazy <laughs> so Leo explains that he's actually a police officer he was put undercover as a form of crowd control And what he's feeding people is this drug that's supposed to overexert serotonin and then depresses them as a form of keeping everybody down. But they've only done animal testing, so they were one of the first groups that they did testing on Uh to see how it would react. And something's really, really wrong. Mm -hmm. And so he starts to try to, he's like, You guys need to come with me. We need to figure out what's going on. And there starts to be sort of a fight that breaks out between the three people, Marty, Kay, and Parker, and the and Leo. As he's like, "You need to come with me. You need to come with me." He goes to grab Parker, and she stabs him. Ah! She has taken Kay's knife and stabs him in the stomach, uh-huh. and he falls to the ground, bleeding, freaking out, and dying. Mm-hmm. At which point, the other two are like, "What just happened?" And then Parker starts to walk away from them. And they're like Par- Parker and they like catch up and they're like, where, where are you going? And she, she looks at them, she goes, please stop me. I can't stop myself. And she continues walking and they go to try to stop her and, and Parker ends up like cutting, uh, cutting Marty. And so now he's kind of injured and she ends up hitting Kay on the back of the neck, which causes this severe pain uh, and Parker continues to walk away and gets separated from them. At that point is when Kay's neck starts to break open and something underneath mm. starts to pull out. Mm. Kay, at this point, she, like, grabs onto the ground and this stem starts bursting out of her. And Marty runs over to her, like, Kay, we need to, we need to get you help. We need to, like, go. We need to go. And she looks at him and she just says, you need to run. And then she dies right there. And Marty sort of stands up, but he's bleeding. And he starts to try to get away when the bulb comes and it explodes. And pollen flies all over them. And Marty, like, I kind of want just a shot of Marty, like, falling to his knees with his shirt over his mouth, but blood and just screaming Mm -hmm. as the pollen has surrounded them. And then he looks to the knife that's on the ground and then I'm thinking like there's like bonfires that have been going on and stuff. And so he looks at like a canister of gasoline and then it just cuts out. And that's sort of the end.
0: Oh, the end of the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, how long is this?
1: I was thinking probably an hour 20.
0: Oh, okay. So you have basically the whole thing mapped out.
1: Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I have, I have a solid idea of where where I want the beats and stuff to go.
0: Okay. Structurally, where would you say first act ends?
1: First act ends with them waking up the next morning, okay. I would say.
0: Okay. So I was thinking that it ended when they chose to take the mushrooms, but if it ends when they wake up the next day, that's a bit... Okay. Then there's a lot of second act to flesh out then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right now how it flows, when you just told it beat to beat felt like that could have been the entire thing in like
1: 30 minutes or less uh, so that's why I was surprised it probably could yeah that's where like it definitely probably could it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty condensed and that was the thing was I was like okay but what are what are maybe some things that happen throughout this mm-hmm. to I guess pad the runtime but also just add some stuff to oh, yeah. it
0: yeah, yeah it also mm-hmm. reminds me of um the girl with all the gifts which I believe is a French. Maybe it's British. No, it's British. It's a British um, zombie movie. Mm -hmm. And it takes place like decades after, I think a decade after the zombie apocalypse would have happened. And they go into the city and there's this giant formations, these giant like fungal formations in the city Mm -hmm. that they realize are these giant uh, spore holding fungal plant things. And if they open them up, then it'll infect everyone basically with the zombie disease. It turns out the zombie disease is a fungus. Mm. Um, And then so they're they're freaking out about that the whole time and then at the end the girl with all the gifts the girl who's already half zombie or whatever so she's immune to it makes it happen like opens it burns the whole thing spores fill the air and then it's like flashes forward to the future where only these zombie children can be alive it's interesting Hmm. Um, but it is similar in the fungal aspect fungal infection aspect yeah Um, right so I, I can see it being very cinematic based on what I saw from that film because that was very intensely cinematic
1: Yeah, absolutely. I basically I watched this this video that was just showing the ants and it it is crazy how the furs of the fungi sort of grow out of them. Mm -hmm. And then just this stem really just Mm -hmm. come like comes out of them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that would be terrifying to see.
0: (laughs) So, okay, so I have lots of thoughts story wise. Cool. Um, What are your
1: non-negotiables? non-negotiables are pretty much location the fungi itself um and and i do like i like i like the end beat and i also i like the like police aspect of it even though it's kind of crazy this like the uh the police deciding to do this but i would kind of want to play with the paranoia of the time period
0: okay interesting I even though it's one of your non-negotiables, I'm going to pitch you on the change that I would make. Okay. Um, and you can say no, and we can continue on with this location and time period. But if I were going to make this into a film and like like pick this up, pick up the script and be like, okay, let's make it. We have to make some changes first. The change I would make is set at present day, at a music festival, in like the Pacific Northwest, like Sasquatch or Outside Lands or something. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the kind where people go and camp in the forest. And it's still that kind of communal aspect, but then you get to have a bit more fun with them not being hippies who are fighting the the um, the the war, the like protesting the war and everything, that actually have like a purpose. Um, and it's more privileged kids who are going to this thing to have fun and be one with nature, and they actually become one with nature as a form of almost like social punishment but also then it makes it more relevant to these days um, because frankly the thing that's really in right now is music festivals and there's even um, um, uh, a horror movie coming out this summer that's about festival goers and it's a cult horror film about festival going um, and I forgot what it's called. But the, the main tagline of it is like, it'll make you never want to go to a festival again and that kind of thing. So I feel like there's so much opportunity for something that hasn't a relevant and current time period phenomena that hasn't been explored in the horror genre yet fully. Okay. Um, so that's what I would do. And then it also, I think, makes it easier to make yes. because it's a lot cheaper to do something present day and in the woods. Mm -hmm. and makes it more isolated, makes it less easy for them to get help, less easy for them to get around. Um, And then you don't have to worry about the production value of doing a period piece in San Francisco, in the Uh Haight-Ashbury. In full daytime, it's other thing. Forests are a lot scarier. Um, Wilderness is a lot scarier. So doing in the middle of the city, unless you're going to go the full apocalypse route, which you could do if it didn't end so abruptly at the end, then I would say set it in a city because then you can get to see the devastation of it. But since we end right before the devastation part of it, then I'm like, okay, well, let's amp up the fear factor earlier on, which is harder to do when it's in the middle of an urban situation, if that makes sense. So that's how I would pitch that change mm-hmm. that I would personally make, but we don't have to.
1: No, I mean, you, you definitely, you talked me into it. I'm, I'm totally down to do it, because it makes, it makes sense, structurally and everything. Um, I think
0: the only thing about this the thing that that makes me feel like a change in setting would be worthwhile is because there isn't a lot in the film that you have pitched so far that really makes it necessary to be in the
1: 70s right um and so the sort of the thing that i wanted to play with that i hadn't talked about in the in the pitch so far is sort of my like my overall question, which is what happened to the hippies, because mm. it, where are they nowadays? Mm. Where is counterculture? Mm. Where's like any attempt to stand up for something? Yeah. And I kind of did want to showcase the privilege of that time period mm. um, and sort of the failing of counterculture. Interesting. However, I think that that idea can still like the the privilege side of it and those things can still be explored within the film as you uh, as you sort of changed it
0: yeah I mean if you're looking to explore privilege I would 100% set it now as opposed to then just because back then even though as a counterculture it may have been represented by mostly white people who had enough privilege to be able to experiment in that kind of counterculture situation I think many who lived through it and even those now wouldn't um, consider the Hippie movement, a summer of love, necessarily one of privilege, in that there was a lot in there that was about sexual freedom, sexual revolution, gender freedom, racial freedom, and and um, equality. The same way that there is a lot of protest about it now, um, it just manifests differently. It is a good question of where did counterculture go. However, I think it's the kind of thing that hindsight will always show. So. Right now, even though we're not able to say like what is our current counterculture, I think if it ten years we'll look back and be able to say, you know, this like the Black Lives Matters group or or drag culture or something that is outside of the mainstream right now that we don't necessarily see as breaking the status quo. Later on, we'll look back and say that was the thing from then,
1: but we yeah, can't know yet. Yeah. I I think it'll be, I think it'll be more spread out just as we have become more of a globalized society. Yes, that's very true. uh, Fair enough. So yeah, let's move forward. uh, Explore present day.
0: Okay. Um, So the great thing about exploring at present day is that there is a lot of mistrust of the police, especially among communities of color. Mm -hmm. And so it would be great to see at least one or more of the characters in this um, African-American or Latino, whatever person of color uh, is most targeted by the police. I mean, obviously, brown and black people Absolutely all. agreed. Um, because that if there are police present, it still stirs that mistrust of police that can be played off of there. And I think that's an important thing presently to deal with. I mean, there was plenty of mistrust of the police then because of protests and everything. So it's it does parallel. Mm-hmm. I think race is an important factor. On top of that, I think now that I know where you wanted to end it, it makes more sense that we found out so early early quote unquote um, that Leo was undercover because when you told me I was like oh we're barely into the second act we can't reveal that already (laughs) and then we ended very soon after that so I I see now kind of how it beats out and we can add more before that yes to create it to create more of a twist
1: yeah so I think I think the portion that I skipped over just because I don't have it as fleshed out is them searching for Leo and sort of what happens in basically what would be the bulk of the second act yes which would be building up that mystery and stuff
0: um so i like the undercover thing is fine as long as it's revealed later and i don't think it can be police because we're talking about biological warfare here if it's being purposefully added to the the you know, circulated um, we're getting into CIA ter- territory we're getting into government entity territory yeah. but I still think it would be CIA or no something totally higher. I okay. think it
1: was high government okay. sorry okay. I didn't say that in the pitch but no yeah. I definitely it's not like it's like way up there
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think in that situation Leo I don't know if he would be police necessarily if he would be hired by if he would be an agent undercover or something like that um, mm-hmm. seems a bit more likely to me um, I think we need to see him spend more time with the group as a friend, trying to help them figure this out before it's revealed at the end that he was in on it the whole time. And maybe what he's doing is at the end trying to get them back to, I don't know if it's too sci-fi to go back to like a lab or something. He's trying to get them into custody Yeah. Um. by the end. And so while he's saying like, oh, well, I'll help you track down like, I'll help you, like, find, like, get you to the hospital or something like that. And yeah. they trust him, they trust him, they trust him, only for at the end for it to be that he's actually been leading them to whatever, whoever's gonna monitor them. Yeah, this, experiment like, on what
1: maybe looks like a festival's checkpoint, but is actually where their operations are
0: something, based out of. Something. Um, but what I do wanna avoid, and and you're gonna to have to help me with this since it's your idea, is I wanna avoid, I don't know, the camp. Mm-hmm. of it being a government agency purposefully trying to b- disseminate some sort of biological warfare among its own citizens.
1: Right. Oh yes, because there is a very fine line in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not blind to it or anything and I I definitely there is like a silliness factor that can hella come up.
0: Yeah, and I I really think that it'll damage some of the horror aspect, the body horror of it if there's too much camp to it. Yes.
1: Um I think really playing with the honesty of distrusting of our authority. government and authority at this time, yeah. even if it if it's sort of similarly operated to like ICE or something, yeah. where it's just like the government trying to suppress and yeah. control.
0: I think logistically, I have some questions about the plot twist at the end. Mm-hmm. But honestly, don't need to worry about that right now Because the thing I want to focus on is the horror aspects in the middle of the second act All we need to know is that they get infected mm-hmm. with this fungal virus What I want to see is more Because right. right now, I think the most terrifying horror is the fungus growing out of them Yes And we only see it happen to one person mm-hmm. um, I like the idea that they don't have control of themselves But I think it needs to be more uniform in that they all exhibit the same symptoms and they all go through the same metamorphosis. And with the first guy, Dodge, he disappears before we can really see any of that. Um, Kay, the way you pitched it, breaks out but doesn't lose control of her body. Parker loses control of her body but doesn't break out. I want to see them all go through the same stages and symptoms so that we establish a pattern and a rule for this disease. And what could work is seeing Dodge go through all of them and actually see him grow, like break open and things come out of him in a small, to a smaller extent, like small spores and things like that. Yeah. And they run from that because they're like, what the fuck is happening? And then it happens much worse later on with Kay or something. And maybe it's because she was breaking out and tiny spores were coming out earlier and she hid it from them. And that's why they didn't notice until it was already really, really bad when, like, big things start growing out of her back and, like, she can't move anymore. And and, and then it's the big burst of spores that's, like, apocalypse level, you know?
1: Gotcha, totally. Yeah, we can absolutely extend how long we're with Dodge. And I definitely think, like, seeing those little furs, like, growing out of them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stuff, absolutely here for that. I'm
0: picturing Annihilation Mm -hmm. with the tiny little bits growing out of Tessa Thompson. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Seeing things like that happening earlier on. mm mm-hmm. um, So we get that body horror aspect, and we have a steady build-up to when it happens really impressively with Kay, or maybe with Parker, because you need to be able to kill some darlings in horror. So maybe Dodge dies, maybe Kay dies, and then Parker and Marty are the last ones, and then that's when something really bad happens. Yeah, something like that. So it's a bit more build up.
1: Yeah, and I kind of wanted to play with Parker being sort of the perceived protagonist, mm, mm-hmm. and then Marty being the one who lives at the end. Mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so we kind of have just this like—it's
0: a dare campaign.
1: <laughs> yeah, just no. I actually. Oh, I thought about that a million times while preparing it. I was like, you know what? But honestly, don't take drugs from randos. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's a really crazy stance to take. Yeah it's dumb. You're risking it. You can do it. I don't care. But it's dumb. <laughs> so it's true. that's my personal opinion. Yeah. And it is a dare campaign. I thought about that, too. I was like, it's that's fine. freaking funny. That's fine. Um, But I did kind of want to play with this. Like, yeah, with Parker being really looking for like an experience before sort of just settling into the rest of life. And you're kind of supposed to she's supposed to have the character arc of oh no i'm gonna like go and live every day importantly or something Mm -hmm. but she just does not does not make it to that right Right. and instead we're we have marty left with him being left with this decision of do i end it do i like continue onwards with this fungus in me do i burn it all down what is the end game here
0: yeah yeah that's a good That's a good final question to end on, especially if we've seen what happens with Dodge, and then we see what happens with Kay, and then we know it's going to happen with Parker, and maybe we know for some reason that it's going to be much worse when it happens with her, um, maybe because of their location, and she's saying, like, you have to kill me now or whatever, or, like, maybe they're in some location, I don't know, maybe she literally pours gasoline on herself, and she's, like, need to fucking light me on fire and kill this thing and he's like no um mm-hmm. like it's a hole and he's the one holding the matches and she's like you gotta do it um and it's a struggle like that like it can be really upsetting yeah um if we establish the only way to kill this thing is to burn it or whatever
1: yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely which like that would prevent the spreading of a pollen so yeah 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 totally thank yeah, you
0: yeah no thank you for sharing such an interesting idea and sharing about you know, fungus.
1: Yeah, and no stuff worries. Like that I knew this one was going to be out there. Uh, so thanks it, yours for usually with are, it. though.
0: <laughs> I can. I know when I come into this, like I'm going to hear something I did not expect at all
1: i hope so i hope so uh, definitely
0: unexpected every time
1: <laughs> yeah uh well this this has been jump scare the podcast
0: make sure you follow us on instagram at jump scare the podcast twitter at jump scare the pod and facebook is also just jump scare the podcast
1: yeah it's really easy to find us it is. uh if you have any ideas for this we'd love to hear them so mm-hmm. direct message us or you can email us uh jump scare the podcast at gmail.com
0: exactly very nice okay thank you guys for listening oh and uh Casey? Yeah. Cortisol. Cortisons?
1: Cortisol! <laughs> cortisol! <laughs> cortisol! <laughs> Wait a second. Was it cortisol? Cortisol. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Cortisons? Cortis. Cortisap. Cordycep. Cortisans Cord- are the people that are in court. Yep. Cortisol is the cream you put on your
1: hands. And they're all so scary.
0: Corticeps? Ah! Let's try that again. Hey, Casey. Yeah. Corticeps.
1: cortisol cortisol i
0: panicked last second and i was like wait wait was it cortisol no
1: it wasn't not the lotion